ground ambulance cost data collection train keeps chugging right along. The communicators here at the QMC EMS Board and Collar podcast are committed to taking the mystery out of how to compile the data and submit your EMS agency's responses in the online reporting instrument. In this episode, we present part two of our discussion concerning section five service volumes. We're glad you're along for the ride. Now all aboard as we take this latest board and collar trip down the tracks. Hey, we're really glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Collar. News and thought-provoking discussion for today's emergency medical service professional. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's Board and Collar podcast from QMC's business development team, Chuck Humphrey. Continue our series of podcasts to dissect the cost data reporting mandate and the online reporting instrument that CMS use uh, to collect the data. Our first podcast on the subject took a look at Section 4, Emergency Response Time Reporting. We then followed with Part 2 by beginning to peer into Section 5, Service Volume. The service volume discussion is lengthy, so we've broken that discussion into two parts, and this post is our Take 2, where we will look at a few of the quirky parts of this section. There are several layers. Section five of the cost data reporting instrument will prompt the user to report numbers across four different areas. Within those areas are a second and sometimes even a third layer of questions that will prompt you as the respondent to report the data you have compiled. For this explanation, we'll need to backtrack for a minute. Consider this like a movie and we're checking out the prequel. The answers to this part actually begin in section three of the reporting tool, which is the service area section. In that section, you will be asked to identify what part of your response area you consider to be your primary service area and what you consider to be your secondary service area. There's actually a glitch for how you are prompted to answer this section as CMS via the RAND Corporation envisioned that answer to this question would be as easy as simply entering zip codes for primary versus different zip codes for secondary response areas. What the architects of the online reporting system didn't anticipate is the fact that your EMS agency may operate in a primary area zip code that is also the same zip code that encompasses your agency's secondary service area too. So for example, if your EMS agency is a municipal city department that's surrounded by several incorporated townships, your department is responsible obviously for responding into its primary service area within the city limits but that zip code may also be the same zip code as your mutual aid response into those surrounding townships. At this point, the reporting tool will apparently not allow you to use the same zip code when reporting both your primary and secondary response areas. Well, stay tuned. We understand there's a fix coming and we'll let you know when that happens. Now that you've sorted out Section 3 and identified your primary and secondary service areas, Section 5 will cause the system to prompt you to provide run volumes broken out by the total volume in the primary versus secondary service areas. There is a caution here. CMS does not wish to see volumes listed in this subsection for areas that your agency provides services, quote unquote, only under exceptional circumstances. They further describe those exceptional areas as the areas where your agency may be called upon to respond into such 
as during coordinated national or state disaster or mass casualty scenarios. Let's look at standby events for a minute. When completing this section, you'll be asked to respond with a simple yes, no answer to this question. Quote, unquote, does your organization participate in standby events? These are events where a ground ambulance is requested to be present on scene in case of an incident. Example include fairs, concerts, sporting events, or police incidents. These services may or not, may not be paid. Now note, it doesn't appear based on the um, definition I just read, that respondents will be requested to provide numbers in this part. Just simply a yes, no answer to respond to the definition is all that will be required to complete the subpart. Next, let's look at paramedic intercepts. The next subpart, or question 17, asks the respondent to provide numbers pertaining to paramedic intercepts. The reporting tool will bring up the CMS definition of a paramedic intercept. And that definition is a rural area transport furnished by a volunteer ambulance company, which is prohibited by state law from billing third-party payers where services are provided by an entity that is under contract with the volunteer ambulance company that does not provide the transport, but is paid for their paramedic intercept service. And they add a disclaimer, state of New York only meets these requirements. So as you can see, only respondents based in New York State that provide paramedic intercept services will submit an answer to question 17. But hold on a minute, there's another part to the subsection. The next question, number 18, pertains to intercepts which require an answer before closing out the section five. This part is for everyone outside of New York State to submit the number of responses in the year's reporting period, where, and I quote, your organization provided an ALS intervention as a joint response to meet a basic life support or BLS ambulance from another organization. Now, obviously this covers quote unquote intercepts that do not meet the strict CMS definition of an intercept, but are commonly and collectively referred to as such outside of the CMS, CMS definition that again only technically applies to entities that operate in New York State. Question 18 closes with the warning that such responses that resulted in a transport and were billed by your organization should not be reported here. And that folks wraps up our discussion on section 5. But don't forget there are now over a hundred board and collar episodes available for your listening pleasure. We hope you'll listen to them all and be sure to subscribe to when you're in your selected channel. Hey, it was great to have you join us today. Oh, and always remember, be safe out there.